welcome to another episode of the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. It's always a delight to have you join us. Uh, and it's been great to see kind of our numbers go up and the, the listeners and the viewers and wherever you happen to catch us at. Uh, so thank you so much for being along uh, the journey with us. So a couple things. Obviously, there's a guest I have in here today. We'll get to him in just a second. But I want to say this. Uh, if you are uh, an affiliate marketer, if it's part of your business plan, if it's part of how you like to make extra money, I'm looking for more affiliates. Email me, eric at taxfreecrypto.com, E-R-I-C at taxfreecrypto.com. I want to talk to you and uh, we'll discuss how the affiliate marketing works. If you want to make a, a few extra bucks, let me know. Uh, help us both get the word out about tax-free crypto and who we are. Also, if you are on uh, Twitter or X, the company formerly known as Twitter, uh, follow me there. My uh, tag or my uh, name on there is the uh, TFC guy. And it's my handle is the uh, tax-free underscore crypto, tax-free underscore crypto. Uh, so follow me there and be a part of that. Uh, so I'm excited, actually, about a couple of things that are in the news. Uh, FTX, if you remember that, Sam Bankman-Fried, that swindler he was that took a bunch of money and just had a big party in the Bahamas. Uh, that guy. Uh, well, obviously, he went to jail. Yay. Uh, but also what's pretty cool is FTX now, uh, the current people who are managing it, it looks like people are going to be able to get their funds back or a portion of them. Turns out there's about $7 billion that FTX has now to be able to pay back. Unfortunately, they owe about $16 billion. So they don't have quite enough to do that. But the catch or the caveat for them paying people back is a little over $3 billion of that $7 billion that they have is in digital assets, which means they need to sell it off. Well, if you sell off $3 billion of crypto, well, you know what happens to the market. It goes down. But the good news about that is that there's another dip for you to buy. So this is just another tip for you. Watch out for that if that's the route that they end up going. But keep FTX, Google it, search it, and you can get more information. And I can also give you more information as well. Uh, as the podcasts uh, continue up, I'll keep you updated on that as well. Uh, if you are going to do that, obviously my suggestion uh, to you would be to do it in a tax-free strategy because when the uh, dip uh, goes to where it goes and you have that crypto asset in your Roth IRA, when the gains uh, grow, obviously you have zero uh, taxes to pay. Okay, that's just sort of a headline I wanted to throw out. I'm in the studio today with my friend Doug Plowman. He and I are part of the same mastermind. I always enjoy being around him. And uh, so anyways, I know I was just talking about FTX and stuff like that. What what has your crypto journey been like, Doug? Yeah, so I haven't gotten uh, too invested into crypto. Uh, you know, always kind of had some reservations about doing it. Um, you know, mostly that I didn't know too much about it through watching your podcast. It's really helped me to, you know, better understand how I may be able to get involved. And uh, one thing I watched the the episode that you had with Eddie Wilson, uh, which was eye opening for me, because, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's like, you know, how do I just jump off the cliff and, you know, kind of mm -hmm. begin get started mm -hmm. with it. And one of the things that he was mentioning is, you know, oftentimes when you're investing out of these IRA accounts, uh, you know, it may not be a round number and you may have, you know, a little bit of change left over after an investment. And I can relate to that because I recently made an investment uh, and I do have like, you know, a couple thousand dollars sitting there that I, you know, could do something with. And I think, you know, crypto being a very good uh, avenue to be able to put that into mm -hmm. and have my money work and be a little bit liquid in case, you know, I do want to move it over into something else. Mm -hmm. I have the ability to do that. Yeah. So that was a really good strategy, I think, for just you know, kind of being able to get started, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and having your money work for you in a way that, uh, you know, will 
make you a little bit more comfortable with yeah. it. And then I think, you know, once you start, then it makes it easier to yeah. learn more and become interested. In like yeah, I, I, I love that play on it. Uh, I also am in, uh, you know, different uh, investments as well. Because I, I don't believe in having your investments look like a either or, mm -hmm. like either invest like this or like this. Yeah. I believe in a both and concept. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to also do that while I do that. Uh, I know that I uh, uh, am part of the crypto world pretty heavily, mm -hmm. but that's not the majority of my investments. The majority of my investments are in private equity. Yeah, because that's where, you know, the, the one percenters, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, made their money in private equity. So but a portion of my funds are into cryptocurrency through yeah. a tax-free vehicle through a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. But here's what's cool about it. It kind of triggered my mind to say this because I have a self-directed IRA mm -hmm. uh, with the custodian that allows me to, to, to direct the money yeah. wherever I want it to go. You understand the concept because you're playing the same game. Mm -hmm. What was cool is I, I recently bought Bitcoin actually in, in back in uh, January. Okay. Well, it was like $17,000, $19,000, something like that for the Bitcoin. And I only had put like $5,000 into it because this is what's cool about cryptocurrency mm -hmm. is it uh, unlike a stock, if Apple, which by the way, dropped today because they just released their new iPhone, which was exactly the same as the last iPhone. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I think it's more complicated why that dropped. But still, if, if uh, uh, Apple uh, last I checked uh, was about $185 or whatever it was. In order to own Apple stock, you have to buy one hundred eighty-five dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whereas with crypto, let's say you only had one hundred eighty-five dollars, well, you could put one hundred eighty-five dollars into Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. You could still own portions of it regardless. Yeah. So I put five k into Bitcoin when it was eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars, and then it jumped up. Like we mm -hmm. saw it go up into the thirties, right? Yeah. So I made a couple thousand dollars. I ended up uh, selling off the two grand. I kept the five k. Mm -hmm. as sort of the base that was in there. That was my $0 in that portion of the account. I took the the couple thousand dollars I made, transferred it into my other Roth IRA, and then I took that and I bought tax liens with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of using my crypto account as when the market's positive, mm -hmm. as a cash cow that funds so I can do these other wow. deals. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So <clears throat> I'm not putting all of my money into crypto, but I'm putting a healthy portion of it in there. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, I think uh, what's what's interesting about it is <clears throat> what, I, what I've often thought and what I think I'm going to do in order to get involved is, you know, set some money aside out of each paycheck, uh, you know, to move into the account and just use that to invest in crypto and mm -hmm. have that, you know, sort of as a, uh, I don't know, money market account, if you will, to mm -hmm. be able to then invest in other opportunities following that. And in, in the meantime, your money is, is working for you. You're making, um, you know, better returns than you would if you just put it into a mutual fund or yeah. something like that. So yeah. that's a very interesting take. Yeah. I, uh, I, I just think that people, you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. and then you don't know how to do what you do know. Yeah. Which is why I love being part of masterminds yeah. because there's a confidence you're living life with, with people in the same, uh, life journey, if right. you will. So speaking of that, uh, t tell us about yourself. What's your expertise? What are you mm -hmm. What are you into? What, what What can you help our audience with? Yeah. So uh, for myself, uh, professionally, I, I work as a consultant in uh, business process and data analytics. I uh, spent <clears throat> the last six to seven years of my life working uh, for, within Fortune 500 companies, uh, helping them out uh, to systematize their processes, whether it be 
a new process design and implementation or taking existing business processes and figuring out, you know, how can we optimize these? How can we scale these across, uh, you know, different regions of North America or globally for certain mm. companies that I've worked with? Um, and so, you know, that's the bulk of, of, of my expertise. I think that, um, you know, spending time doing that has, has been really fulfilling for me. Uh, I've always worked kind of in the traditional corporate environment. Um, in being involved in a lot of these masterminds, it's really helped me to branch out and start to see the opportunities, uh, you know, and taking my talents more in an entrepreneurial direction. Uh, and so through that, I've, I've come, become involved uh, in, a, in a consulting startup as well as opened my own freelance consulting business. And so I'm just kind of getting those off the ground now and starting to, you know, kind of dabble in that. And I think that, uh, you know, similar to the journey that I've been through with cryptocurrency, I think that there's a lot of like fear in the unknown, you know, and sometimes like it takes surrounding yourself with people who have the experience and have done the things to give you the confidence to say, okay, if I just got a little bit of skin in the game and just got started, mm. it may not be perfect right off the bat, right? But, you know, going through those little iterations and sort of like, uh, you know, minor like uh, setbacks and failures, you really learn a lot from that. And really, if you never get started, you're never going to get there, mm. you know? And so uh, being around a lot of, uh, you know, uh, high net worth people and people who are very successful in different aspects of business and investing and stuff like that has really changed the course of my life and my professional career uh, because it's opened a lot of doors and possibilities uh, that I just was never exposed to before. You know, I think it really comes down to exposure. I'm a big proponent of exposure. I think whether it's been in my professional career, uh, you know, or just with like friends and people that I've mentored, I've always been big in like, how do we get out in front of like what's out there in the world? How do we expose ourselves to, uh, you know, the different possibilities because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And if you just kind of sit within this hamster wheel that you live in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, each and every day, uh, we kind of get caught up in that and you can, you can find yourself in the same place for the next five to 10 years right. and really like never really see the possibilities that are out there. So. Well, it's so unfortunate how much money is on the table of either doing good with it being a blessing to your family with it, mm -hmm. but just because you don't know how to take that first step. Mm -hmm. So in your consulting business, uh, you're, are, are you helping startups mainly? Are you helping people who hit a ceiling and needed, and you help them change their mindset? Like what, where in the consulting game is your favorite mm -hmm. and, and what is uh, your encouragement to those in those stages of business? Yeah. So uh, personally within uh, the <clears throat> freelance consulting business that I'm starting, I'm in the very early stages of that. Uh, but when I was working, you know, kind of as an internal consultant for fortune 500 companies, I found that like I'd work on these projects, right. And, you know, I may save a million, $2 million on a particular project, you know, very, very good, like, uh, um, you know, bottom line, savings and stuff like that. But I found that the projects that I was doing, working with smaller departments mm. and actually, uh, you know, taking something that may have took them, you know, 10 hours, uh, you know, a week to do, and then automating it and seeing them be able to do it at the click of a button or something mm. like that and seeing how I could really change their day to day and make an impact on them was much more fulfilling for me, you know, so I found that like, being able to work kind of on a smaller scale uh, was something that fulfilled me a lot more. And then through kind of getting exposure to some of the different groups and masterminds and seeing the work that they do with smaller businesses and startups, maybe the ones that are around that, you know, five to $10 million range and just looking to maybe take it to, you know, 20 million, 20 million or 30 million. I think that the impact and the fulfillment that I could get 
and working with those different groups mm-hmm. was far greater for me and you know far more fulfilling and could be potentially more lucrative for me right. as well so that's kind of what pushed me in that direction and i think my goal as i begin to start my business now um, i'm originally from key west and uh, you know i have a very solid community of people down there and i really want to be able to kind of go back a lot of the different um you know, tech systems and processes and systems that a lot of people have in place down there are very antiquated. Yeah. And so I see that not only as a big opportunity for me from a business standpoint, but also a good way to be able to give back to the community that I grew up in as that's well. Awesome. So I really think that that's kind of where I'm going to begin, uh, you know, sort of my entrepreneurial journey and, you know, kind of see where that takes me from there. Very cool. So uh, if uh, anybody who's actually listening that could be, a, uh, you know, consultancy would be useful to them. What, um, are you looking at a certain net worth of a company or you're just like, Hey, whatever stage you're at, I think I can help you. Like what, what would be your niche? Um, I would say, uh, you know, more, uh, smaller companies. I'd say if you're, you know, in the ballpark, uh, of, you know, like $5 million in revenue or less, those are probably the ones that I'd like to start out with. Right. I think, uh, you know, my bread and butter is, you know, doing an operational assessment. Let's figure out like what your core businesses are right. and what systems you have in place. Right. And then taking that and saying, let's map out <clears throat> what these key systems are that you have in place and make sure that your business, if you're looking to either become more efficient or scale, uh, you know, kind of has the backbone to be able to do that. So, yeah. Are these systems documented? If mm-hmm. not, let's get them documented. Um, do you have, uh, you know, ways to uh, formalize your training methods for your employees and different things like that? Like, is the infrastructure in place to be able to scale, right? Because I think, like, if you're not ready to scale and you try and scale, uh, you can bury your business, mm-hmm. like, right then and, and yourself. There, you know, exactly. And you'll burn out. Like, we were just part of, uh, uh, we had a, uh, the, one of our masterminds were a part of had that big meeting obviously mm-hmm. you and I were both there yeah and uh that's what one of the speakers was talking about was scalability and all that uh, you know our, 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 you might have a vision and mm-hmm. a fantasy that's yeah. driving the desire mm-hmm. but you're right if it's like if you're not ready for that scale mm-hmm. you know how are you going to do more customer retention how are you going you know you, you name the xyz and i think people get lost in in the uh what I always tell my kids is the I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right. It's, it's like, okay. A, a, a vision is not a sentence out loud. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or a, fulfilling your dream is not just saying a sentence out loud. It is the principle of sitting down. What does it take? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's gotta be past fantasy. So that that's a, that's a great thought. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs out there that I think, um, you know, are so focused on their business and they're, they're trying to do everything that they can and hold control of this and that. Mm-hmm. And they spend so much time working in the business and mm. not enough time working on the business, you know, mm, that's and, good. And so I think like helping people, like enabling people to understand, like, how could I, you know, in a sense, like document the things that I know so that I can clone myself in a mm-hmm. sense and, you know, hire some talented people underneath me to be able to take care of these operations. And when is the right time to do that? Right. You know? And, and so that I can start to remove myself a little bit and see the bigger picture to help things grow. You know, I, I read an article not too long ago about this with, with the boomers who are still trying to maintain control. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the Gen Xers have less of an issue letting go. Mm-hmm. And the millennials, uh, which is somewhat my age, I'm, I'm an old millennial. Mm-hmm. 
depending on what I don't think you're old. <laughs> <laughs> depending on what scale or or what uh, you read or which which chart you read. I was born in 1980, and so some charts say you know 80 to 95. Some mm-hmm. charts say 84 to 96. So I don't know, but there's another article I wrote that said I'm a zenial. So a zenial is somebody from 76 to, to 82 or something like that, because we saw the world go from analog to digital. Mm-hmm. Like you know we we have this flexibility regardless of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Boomers are having a hard time letting go because what they did was they were good owner operators. Yeah. Meaning they had to do the operation, the the the, the work. They had to do the the physical. Uh, I, I had to roof it myself. Yeah. Instead of cloning crews or cloning a manager, right? That, anyways, mm-hmm. what you just said triggered my mind to that. So at what point do I know how to train? What traits am I looking at? What are my personal idiosyncrasies or nuances? Because you know how we get, we get very particular how something's to be done. Yeah. Then that new guy, that new gal comes in. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not doing it the way I right. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's more of the mindset that you're working with? Yeah, I would say that that's mostly the mindset that you tend to see. I think that uh, it, it can be diff- difficult, especially if something's like your baby, to you know kind of relinquish a little bit of that control. Yeah. Uh, but I can say, like you know, having the experience of working with Fortune 500 enterprises, like. I mean, they're, they've become very good at cloning and copy and pasting and developing departments. And I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time figuring out what is the best way to allocate resources? How can we structure this particular department, uh, you know, based on the data that we've collected uh, to better deliver value, you know? And I think that, uh, you know, I've had a lot of time spent in, in doing that sort of thing. And, you know, working on a, a much smaller scale, you can really start to see and pick apart, like, here are the areas in which, like, um, you know, you're good, like, here's the types of things that you love to do and that you want to do. And how can we bring in some other pieces around you, uh, you know, at the right times to be able to help you meet your goals and to help you move in the direction that you'd like yeah, to go? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, speaking of that same mastermind we were at, um, where we talked to, you know, one of the speakers was talking about scalability, viability, all that. But uh, another gentleman was talking about, um, you know, relationships. Mm-hmm. The, uh, one of the uh, masterminds that Doug and I are part of, it has four pillars to it, right? You have the, the, the pillar of purpose, the pillar of professionalism, the pillar of personal, and the pillar of, of the physical. And we focused the last couple of days on, on the personal. And it was so good about the relationships and things like that. You know, one thing that I'm, I'm sort of working out is, you know, relationships are the mirrors through which we see ourselves, Mm -hmm. but they're the vessels through which we show the change we're we're making. And I thought that that was, was quite interesting. And you, before we started filming, you, you were kind of sharing some thoughts and ideas even about the relationship Mm -hmm. aspects. If you'd like to share that here today too. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, uh, something over the course of the last eight months, uh, that I've really, um, you know, gotten, Uh, very firm with is like my relationship with myself. And Mm -hmm. so um, at the end of last year, I was coming out of a long-term relationship um, that I was in for 10 years. And, um, you know, for me, uh, I think losing that relationship was something that was one of my biggest fears, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when it actually did happen, uh, you know, at first it was something that really like knocked me down and something I was like, how am I ever going to get through this? But I said, you know, let me take some time to reinvest back into myself and really figure out who I am and what types of things I want for myself. 
Uh, and I think that that was like one of the best things that could have ever happened to me in mm. retrospect, because, uh, you know, when you begin to, you know, kind of take a step back and understand, like, how can I, you know, sort of get my my mental right and start to get myself in a place where, uh, you know, I feel very comfortable and fulfilled in what it is that I'm doing and in myself, then that really bleeds over into other aspects of your life. Like, I think that your foundation, mm. you know, is... Uh, you know, your personal life and your and your relationships and the things that you have. And when you can sort of get those things together, um, everything else kind of starts to fall into place, yeah. you know. So for me, um, you know, kind of coming out of that, um, that difficult situation, like one of the things that I said is like, you know, I'm going to really focus on on my physical, you know, get back into the gym, really start to work out. And I think, you know, for anybody that's going through tough times like mm -hmm. i would definitely recommend uh you know kind of working towards getting fit is one of those things and for a couple of reasons i think that uh when you work towards getting fit you're you know you're going to the gym you start to see results yeah uh, what it does is like it's visible to you yeah and you can look in the mirror and you can see like wow like i'm starting to look yeah. good i'm starting to feel good confident. and it makes you yeah. more confident builds your confidence in yourself which starts to trickle into other aspects of your life but what's different about like, you know, the gym and your physical as opposed to other things, maybe like, you know, getting more money or, you know, investing in like your, you know, your knowledge and your skill sets and stuff like that is also that other people begin to see changes right. as well. And when you can kind of attack that from both angles, you start to feel better about yourself. You start to look good and feel good. But then other people are like, hey, man, like you've been going to the gym, like right. you look good. Like and now like that's just some it's something that just like really starts to build you up and fill you in a way yeah. that like. Uh, you don't really get from a lot of other areas. So, you know, I think that that was one thing that really helped, uh, you know, to propel me, uh, you know, personally, and then really started to to move me to seek out, you know, other different types of ways that I could expand my, you know, my circle of influence, you know, start uh, getting in the room with, with people who are doing the types of things that I wanted to do, kind yeah. of break out of my shell and my comfort zone, become, uh, you know, more uh, entrepreneurial, start looking into different types of investment opportunities. Yeah. And so, that was sort of, uh, you know, one of the tips of the iceberg for me, um, you know, and really starting to get back on track. And, you know, the things that have happened to me over the course of the last eight months, just by, hmm. uh, you know, really like investing in myself and taking myself out of my comfort zone have been, uh, you know, phenomenal. So. Yeah. One thing that uh, um, that I'm in enjoying about the personal growth thing, obviously, it brings a self-awareness. Mm -hmm. What I don't want to have, Doug, is I don't want to have this this bubble right you called it the hamster wheel yes where i'm in a bubble where people don't speak into my life because they're afraid if i'm uh, an authority over them that i can take something away from them because they said something that might have been harsh but i needed to hear yeah so i'm opening up my heart and and my transformative nature to be like look I'm strongly opinionated. I can dominate sure. conversations. I have mm -hmm. ideas, but I, I want to open my whatever bubble that I may be in that I don't even know I'm in. Mm -hmm. I want people to be able to burst it. Yeah. It's, it's that whole, um, I was just talking about this with my kid. I have four daughters because oh. God hates me. And <laughs> I wanted to make sure I, I went through that. I was a bad teenager. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, we were talking about the um, the fable, the uh, the emperor's new clothes. Have you heard of that fable? Uh, I don't know that. I okay, so it's the idea that the emperor uh, had these brand new clothes, mm -hmm. and he was told that uh, only the wisest, smartest people can see them. Mm -hmm. 
because essentially they were invisible. So the emperor was walking around butt naked and everywhere he went because they were told, yeah. they told the people, hey, only the wisest people can see the emperor's clothes. Mm -hmm. They would applaud him. Oh, look at his clothes, look at his clothes and all that. And there was just that one kid sort of at the end, you know, why is the emperor butt naked? <laughs> right, just willing to tell the truth. Yeah. Because, you know, the fear that you could put into people and in leadership and your family and wherever, I want that little kid in my life to say, dude, you're butt naked, dude. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So that's where I'm at because mm -hmm. I've learned, I'm learning personal growth is not just a, a choice, it's a commitment. 100%. Commitment you make to yourself, to, to others in mm. your sphere, but also to the world at large. Like, um, you know, that that's important. And part of that personal thing is, is to expand your 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 knowledge and understanding uh, of uh, money movement. You know, that's one thing I've loved about the masterminds we're a part of is I love moving money, man. Yeah. Like I look, man. I love Dave Ramsey. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. I've been debt free in my life for the last 15 years because yeah. of that man. Uh, my wife and I followed his principles hardcore. But the thing about Dave is he doesn't teach really investments because that's not his niche. His niche is uh, the, the bulk of blue collar workers that don't know how to manage money. Mm -hmm. Right. They're constantly in debt for things that they don't need to be in debt for small stuff. Right. So he teaches the necessary habits of controlling your money. But but now that I'm in this money movement, I'm just as addicted to that as I was when we initially paid sure. off our debt. So I own, you know, my rental homes. I own my personal home. I own these things. But I'm leveraging that stuff now to to move my money for for private debt for cryptocurrency because mm -hmm. of what's happening. I mean, goodness, in the news you have the Bitcoin spot ETF uh, awaiting approval. Kathy Wood, she's the um, you know, the CEO over at ARK Invest, she just put in for an Ethereum spot ETF. Ethereum's a big play right now, bro. I mean, you have um, less of it is on exchanges. And all that means is that people are staking it, meaning they own it on the exchange. But when you stake it, it takes it off the exchange. And then others are also putting it in their cold wallet. So mm -hmm. that's that's a scarcity. Yeah. I wish I'd have brought it in here. I, I'm going to make a podcast about this later and, and maybe a social post later. But I was at a, uh, a flea market over the weekend with the family and, and came up to this thing. They had like vintage old money. So I bought money and it was a, a, a $50,000 or 50,000 marks. Mm -hmm. It was German from the 1920s in a period where inflation was ridiculous mm -hmm. and there was a story in there about how this lady had a wheelbarrow full of these notes 50,000 mark notes she was robbed they burned the money but they wanted the wheelbarrow yeah. she was robbed for her wheelbarrow and she went to go buy bread because of inflation this is the beauty of crypto crypto is a hedge against inflation because of its scarcity mm -hmm. the more scarce something is the less inflation it has. Bitcoin, there's only ever going to be 21 million of them ever, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And it's going into its next halving come April and May, which means the miners who mine Bitcoin, right now they're being awarded 6.25 Bitcoin when they solve the algorithm, which takes an enormous amount of energy and mathematical equation solving. Well, when, when it comes to the next halving, in, built in the algorithm of Bitcoin, it has to have and it happens roughly every four years. So when they first started in 09, 
miners were awarded 50 Bitcoin. Can you imagine having 50 Bitcoin right now, bro? Four <laughs> years. <rolling> yeah. <laughs> four years later, it went to 25. It halved. Mm-hmm. Four years later, it went to 12 and a half. It halved. Four years later, it went to 6.25, which is where we are now. Mm-hmm. That next fourth year is, is roughly April, May of next year. It's really a, a, a numbers game more than it is a four year. It just happens to work out every four years. So now it's going to three. Wow. So you have only 21 million ever, ever going to be sold. You have the spot Bitcoin ETF, which is different than a futures ETF. Mm-hmm. It just means the ETF now has to own the asset. Okay. Then you're going to go into the halving. So for a miner to make it profitable for them to mine, well, what do you think has to happen to Bitcoin? Has to go up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So as you begin to understand these processes and you make those investments and you get into those things, it's a hedge against the inflation. So on this personal journey, mm-hmm. this is what I've discovered yeah. is these kinds of different things because you probably have people in your life, oh, crypto schmipto, yeah. you know, and then other people in your life, they're like, oh, I, I only trade crypto. That's all I ever do. Great. Let's do it through a tax-free vehicle. No, I'm going to live forever. I don't need a retirement account or, you know, whatever the case <laughs> may be. But anyways, this idea of personal growth, personal journey is great. I didn't mean to bore you with all that. But I wanted our listeners to know these are some great things. Ethereum, I didn't get to finish the thought. It's being staked. It's being taken off of exchanges because it's going into cold storage. And then the layer two technology. So it's becoming more scarce as well yeah. because it's coming off of exchanges. And then the the spot ETF that Kathy just put in for it. Which is good news for investors like us. Incredible good news. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't yet opened up your tax-free crypto account, I encourage you to do so. So speaking of that, let's wrap it up. Uh, since Doug's a good friend of mine, if you're a friend of his and you're listening to this uh, because he's a part of uh, the tax-free crypto family, if you use promo code DPLOW, D, the letter D, and then P-L-O-W, DPLOW, short for Doug Plowman, uh, DPLOW, and you go to our website, taxfreecrypto.com, up in the right-hand corner is the Get Started button. Click that button. When you get to that next page, you'll see a spot where you either have to pay $250 in order to open an account to have a, a, an IRA set up for you. Or if you put in DPLOW in the promotion area, the promo code area, you're going to get that account for free just because you heard this podcast and Doug was a part of that. Uh, so, Doug, where can people find you? What's uh, the best way to get a hold of you, whether you want to give out your email or your socials or your phone number or your social security number or whatever? <laughs> um, you know, so as of right now, I'm still in the processes of, uh, of configuring my LLC and get my website and stuff like that set up. Um, as of right now, you can find me on Instagram at dplow93. Um, that's, uh, you know, my main social media account. And, uh, you know, kind of follow me on there. I'm planning on, uh, you know, posting some more content and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, hope to, uh, you know, hope to get some feedback from you guys and stuff like that. And uh, this has been great. Yeah. Give our listeners sort of like if there's one thing that you want to leave them with something to chew on, uh, whether it's something you would tell somebody if you were consulting with them or something you got just over this past weekend uh, that you just want to share. And it's just your heart's full and you want to talk about Yeah, I mean, I think it would be to take some time to reflect with, uh, you know, where you are at personally, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and really see like, what are some of the things that you can do to, you know, kind of take a step back from, uh, you know, maybe this, this perpetual hamster wheel that you're in, because I think sometimes we all find ourselves in a little bit of of a pattern, and say, like, you know, what are some of the things that I can do to begin investing in myself? 
um, and, and work towards setting some pretty focused goals for yourself and building yourself up to the point where uh, it allows you to start to take yourself a little bit outside of that comfort zone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, begin to, um, you know, expand your circle, whether it be socially or professionally, uh, because, you know, being able to expose yourself to different types of people and different types of experiences and, and take time to think about that is something that often gets neglected. But yeah. when you do, like you just start to see like these things that, that happen throughout the course of your life that you can't explain and that, that you chalk up to just luck. You know, you hear a lot of successful people just talk about, oh, like, you know, it's just good luck, you know, being yeah. in the right place at the right time. But it really is, you know, being able to take a step back uh, and, and, you know, sort of do some reflection and put yeah. yourself in positions to have that luck, you know, right. and, and, and this personal journey that I've gone through um, has really been able to open up uh, a lot of doors for me. Uh, it's, it's enabled me to meet people like you and a lot of folks uh, that, I've, that I've come into contact with, with in with, with these masterminds uh, and had just a, a great substantial impact on my life. And so I'd encourage people to, uh, you know, step a little bit outside of your comfort zone out of this, uh, you know, sphere that you, that you live in today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as you begin to branch out and you begin to meet more people and experience some new things, uh, you'd be really surprised at what it can do for your life, you know, personally, professionally. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's really changed the course of my life, too. So. It's beautiful. Thank you, Doug, for that. Thank you so much for coming in and being a part of the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. Until next time, we'll catch you on the other side.